Next on BYU Sports Nation, the best position battle at BYU football camp outside of the quarterbacks. BYU senior offensive lineman Parker Daw is locked in a position battle. He joins us from fall camp. And why in the world does his teammates call him Gramps? Plus, Olympic marathon runner Jared Ward from Rio. How realistic is a medal? And what NBA star Kevin Durant said to him at opening ceremonies. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, August 17th, wherever and however you are dialed in. Welcome, friends. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU Sports Nation belly flop champion, Brian Logan. Yes, 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 yes. I make the biggest splashes, man, the biggest waves uh, when I'm coming off the high dive, man. I, I just, is it my technique, dude? Like, I don't want to give away my secret sauce right now, but it's something. It's something that I live for, dude. It's it's something I've been training for my whole life. And when I get into these competitions, man, it's just just watch out, dude. I just I just dominate. Well, it has to be technique because I know your five six frame isn't exactly creating huge splashes. Yeah, it's kind of it's more of my biceps, <laughs> really. My, see, my, my mom growing the up said it was, my, it was my big head, but it's really my biceps. The bicep man. effect. The, the biceps. Your mom says it's your big head. Yeah, she says my big head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you see the belly flop diver from Russia? We're talking about the defending Olympic gold medal champion. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. We were watching it earlier, and it is it's, – it's, it's, okay, we shouldn't laugh as, as being in the sports world – and, and just being a former athlete, like, it's sad to see that happen that way because you train for, you know, four years and you come out and you just wah, wah, wah. But it's still funny, though. It's hilarious. His knees buckled coming off of the diving board, and to his credit, he tried to, like, push through the dive. He started doing all these flips, <laughs> and then all of a sudden. Bro, I would have just, just been like, sorry, dude. Like, I, I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have continued. I would have just... I don't know. Maybe just try to do a, like a regular dive and or act like I slipped and be like, "Whoa, whoa!" See, I, bro, can I do it? Can I get a do-over or something? I don't know. I I don't know, man. I wouldn't have went forward with it. They gave him zero point zero. <laughs> like you can't give him a zero point five just for trying. Like it's no. the defending. I would have gold medal. If I was a judge, I would have gave him a negative for trying. <laughs> you just went down. You slip. You slip, bro. Oh. It's Man. only fitting that the Russian diver receives the harshest judgment, right? Because it's always the Russian judge. Yeah, man. Like 10, 10, 10, 10, 8.5 from the <laughs> Russian judge. Like, what, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens has been named to the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award watch list for tenacity on and off the field. Not really sure how you define tenacity. All I know is Mitchell works really hard. He gets good grades. And he is the star man at BYU, as so pointed out by Ben Bagley just moments ago in my ear. One other camp note, tight end Troy Hines is working through sore hips after day 10 of training camp. What does that mean for him and the tight end position group? He's one of six guys that is in that group that could potentially be the starter on September 3rd. Pairings for the 2016 
the MGM Grand Main Event Tournament in Las Vegas have been set with BYU playing St. Louis on November 21st at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Beat the Billikens. Now it's time for uh, Olympic news from Rio. Play the music. Cougars in the Olympics. Do you samba, Brian Logan? I do. I do. I like a little salsa with my samba. Former Cougar and volleyball star Taylor Sander of Team USA playing with the U.S. against Poland in the knockout round of the Olympic volleyball tournament, 1 p.m. Eastern. Another Cougar Olympian, marathoner Jared Ward, will join us from Rio. You're not going to believe what his mustache, what kind of credibility his mustache earned him in the opening ceremonies. Mustache is alive and well. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports has reported Rice University and UNLV has joined BYU and 17 other teams submitting letters of interest for candidacy Wait a in second. the Big 12. Wait a second. Dodd quotes a source in saying the Big 12 decision is now in the hands of the lawyers. Rice. Rice. Because Rice University has a great shot. They do, man. Getting into the Big everybody, 12. Everybody is equal. Spencer. <laughs> All universities matter, bro. All of them matter. I'm not saying they don't. Come on, how, dare, just, how dare you? This is getting out of control. How dare you judge? And I know Dennis Dodd of CBS said, why hasn't every group of five teams submitted some sort of you know appeal to get into the Big 12? Why mm. not try? So I, I see it just feels like it's so late to the game, and it's just it's a sideshow, man. It's becoming a sideshow. No, it is a sideshow. Yeah. It has become a sideshow. Ratings, engagement, comments, <sighs> likes, shares, tweets. Let's talk about something that's actually happening. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Battle stations. Heidi, <laughs> I'm Heidi. I'm ducking, ducking, ducking. <laughs> That's intense, man. That's intense. If you have paid any attention to BYU football over the last four months, I would bet my retirement savings that you've heard about a certain quarterback competition featuring Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum. Hashtag betting is wrong. Point being, (laughs) we all know about the quarterback battle. It's one of the most intriguing competitions at quarterback in the entire country. Yes, But let's step outside the quarterback spotlight for just a moment today and do so with our Twitter question. What non-QB position battle are you most interested in as BYU fall camp continues? First tweet in at our our green high. Center, one of the most important positions on the field in chemistry with the quarterback is vital. No question the center position has garnered a lot of attention because Parker Dow was the guy coming out of spring football, and yep. he was the guy going into day one of fall camp. T. John Karoma has been the guy for the last two years, yep. but also this baller. is a different offense, and yep. you need a different mentality to run this offense. So the challenge has been issued to both of these guys. We'll talk to Parker Daw about how he is stepping up to that challenge and where he finds himself on the line when it comes to starting on September 3rd uh, in just a bit. But first... Brian, there is a sneaky good position battle. Not center. Obviously not quarterback. Very few are talking about. And it's a position group that's trying to replace over 2,000 yards of offensive production this past season. How are they going to do that, Spencer? 
Enter the BYU wide receivers. Who's going to replace the elite one? Mitch Matthews. The elitist one. Devon Blackman and Taron Houck. We're talking about significant contributors. The only returners, Brian, with significant field time are Nick Kurtz, who, by the way, is trying to come back from a broken foot for the second time, and Mitchell Jurgens. Throw in Colby Pearson and Marone Laulupututau, who had a few catches here and there and saw yeah. some field time. But after that, it's the newcomers, man. It Notably, is. Jonah Trineman and Bo Tanner. So who will emerge as the starters? Man, I'm putting oh, – if I was a betting man, but you said, you know, betting is bad. Hashtag betting is wrong. Yes, 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 it's wrong. Uh, I would place all my chips on, on Jonah. Um, I, I said this earlier this week that when I went to, to, to fall camp uh, for the first time and I was just kind of just watching everybody and, and uh, just kind of getting the feel for, for the coaches and, and just for the players, but Jonah really stood out to me. Every single time I looked in his area – um, he, he popped out over everybody else. Um, when you look at his hands, uh, good, good hands, when you look at um, his overall athletic ability, very smooth in and out of breaks, uh, it, it almost looks like he's gliding when, when he's out on the practice field. And that's, 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 that's something that you want in a receiver. You want somebody that has body control. You want somebody that's fast and that's quick. And, and, and this kid can take it the distance any it, from from anywhere if you give him a little hitch or if you want to stretch him down the field on a fade route um, he can he can score and he's from a junior college Spencer you know how I feel about JC players and just the absolute grind that they have to go through hashtag nobody has it like us they don't know they don't know Jonah <laughs> represent <laughs> We would be remiss if we did not mention Micah Simon, who is making the transition from defensive back back to wide receiver. He was recruited as a wide receiver, went to DB last year, and now he's back as a receiver, as well as Ricky Shumway. I mean, there are some serious playmakers, and they all kind of have a shot, I feel like. I'm with you on Trineman. I think he's going to be an immediate impact. He is going to be an immediate force. After that, I don't know. And when you look at what he did last year, mm-hmm. how do you not feel good about what he brings to BYU? Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 17.1. Jonah Trimmerman averaged 17.1 yards per catch at Snow College in 2015. Putting in work. The number five receiver in the JUCO recruiting class in Jonah the country. Man. Top five. Top five, top five. Which of these guys will emerge as the starters? On, I'm envisioning September 3rd, and I'm thinking, okay, if BYU runs three receivers onto the field, they have two wide receivers and a slot receiver. I am anticipating mm-hmm. that it will be, one, Moroni Laulupututau. Yeah, I it, agree with you that. I, it would I agree be, with you there. It would be Nick Kurtz if he were healthy. I don't know that Nick's going to start, though, because I don't know if he's going to be 100%. If he were healthy, he would start. Yeah, that's, you, I don't, you can't, you can't, you can't. I wouldn't roll the dice with Nick, man. I wouldn't put my chips on, on him there just because of the, the injury factor. He's not really playing with the ones right now. He's not going full speed. So you can't expect the chemistry and the timing that he needs to have with the quarterbacks and with the system. Um, you know, without having those reps. So, I mean, look for him to make more of that impact, you know, maybe two, three games into the season. Moroni Lalupututau, big, strong, physical, relatively fast receiver. 
a good replacement for a Mitch Matthews type. On the other side, I think it'll be the burner and the speedster, the smooth operator, Jonah Ooh. Trineman. Smooth operator. I like is that, he not? Yeah. He, he, he is, you're, yeah. You're right. Smooth is the word to describe what he looks like on the field. Silky. Now, in the slot, Mitchell Jurgens. He's yeah, Mr. Yeah, Reliable yeah, with yeah, his hands. Yeah. He's got to be the – I think he's got to be the number one go-to receiver just because he's proven himself. Um, he, he doesn't has drop ex- passes. He has experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben I, Cahoon I, values guys that can catch the ball in tough situations. Mitchell Jurgens does not drop passes. So for me, I think those are the three guys that are going to be the starters when BYU has their first offensive series true, of the true. season. And that's not saying that Colby Pearson and Bo Tanner and Micah Simon are not all going to be there. And Nick Kurtz, we hope that he's back and can contribute in week number one, but there's just no reason to rush a guy that you need the to, to be healthy for the, the majority of the yeah, season. Yeah, got to have some, some bigger, longer guys out there. Other position battles of note. We already talked about the center. Parker Daw was the guy coming out of spring ball. We learned T. John Karoma has kind of pushed his way back into first-team reps at center. We'll go on two-on-one to discuss with Parker what he anticipates. I mean, he's, he's going to be a starter. The question is where on the offensive line will he start. Also, he's hilarious, and he drives a <laughs> minivan. An interview you don't want to miss. Ramps. I think T. John, T. John should start, man. He should, he should start. I, I know there's – you know, he came on late or whatever – but it's, it's Tijon, dude. It, you, it's, he's going he's gonna to play. He's made great strides in fall camp. And with no Brad Wilcox and no Kyle Johnson, two like, veteran starters on the offensive line, you need a guy like Parker Daw to step yeah. over. He's versatile, so why not use his versatility at the right guard or left guard position? They're, they're both going to play. Then there are the cornerbacks, Brian. Yes. How are we not talking about who is going to start at corner against the University of Arizona? Uh, I mean, it, it's exciting. Yes, it's my you know it's my my position and all that. But there's so much talent over there, man. With with Michael Davis and Troy Warner, Akili Davis, Dion Lake, uh, my my mini me, Michael Shelton, uh, and, and so I, it's kind of like pick your poison, man. But the fact that you have longer guys like Michael Davis, uh, Akili Davis. Um, and you have a stud in Troy Warner that can be a four-year starter potentially, I think either either one of those guys has an opportunity to start. And if they do, great. If somebody doesn't and somebody else is, it's great. I mean, I don't think that there's any issues or any concerns there, which is why probably people aren't really talking about it as much, especially the coaching staff, man. They're like, we're so deep there. I mean, it's it's. I I think I think they should probably maybe put some of those guys – on the other side of the ball, because that's what the true athletes are anyway. We, we, we may need to help some of the offensive guys out. Oh, my so. goodness. What, dude? Which what? is why Akile Davis is moving from receiver to defensive back? Well, he's just – he's tall. I mean, <laughs> you look at the defensive scheme, and this is what the, what the, what the coaches want. It makes sense. If my, if, if my personnel that I currently have doesn't fit my scheme, this is what I have to do. But also – if I have personnel that are – if my defensive players are better than my offensive players, then, heck, man, let me, let me move them on outside the ball. That's that bicep uh, belly flop logic. That's speak, just – that's called right truth. Now. That's speaking called right truth now. right there. <laughs> With more of an emphasis on man coverage, who will be the guys? I like this position battle. I love fall camp because it just adds to the intrigue and the hype leading up to the actual season, which, by the way, we're like two weeks away. Countdown to the Wildcats. 17 days. 17 days. Can't wait. Not a not a practice. Not, We're talking um, about a game. We ain't talking about practice. 
in 17 days. Games. Beat the Wildcats. W's and L's. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Which non-quarterback battle are you most interested in as BYU fall camp continues at CarterJA92? How about the receiver battle? Trinneman, Kurtz, Jurgens, Moroni, Tanner, Pearson, etc. Not to mention Micah Simon. All great competitors. Mm-hmm. We just went through it. Good, man. Coming up, we'll talk to Olympic marathoner Jared Ward in Rio. But next, why is BYU lineman Parker Dye referred to as Gramps by his teammates? Minivans for the win. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation is rolling right now on Twitter. You can follow us at BYU Sports Nation and get involved using the hashtag BYUSN. If you missed the one hour of greatness last night, shame on you. You can watch the rebroadcast of After Further Review immediately after this show, BYU Sports Nation, today at 1 p.m. Eastern. You're extending the hand of mercy mm-hmm. in the form of a rebroadcast. Yes, yes, yes. I, yes, I, you, you will have a chance to be forgiven. Oh, merciful <laughs> Brian Logan. Hey, man, I just, you know, I just learned from the best, you know, just from the Bible study classes I've been in my whole life and all the church and this great university talking about forgiveness and love. I am extending the same gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. That is so that bad. That is so bad. That's oh terrible. That was, that was bad. But no, 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 really, really check it out if you guys didn't see it last night. Um, got some good, really good feedback from a lot of fans. Uh, really enjoying the throwback, um, you know, sessions that w- that we're having. So it's it's been fun. After further review, has put out two episodes: one of the Miracle Bowl in 1980, BYU SMU, and last night's episode, the national championship, yeah. featuring the Cougars and of course Michigan. Yeah, it's been good. I, I've been I've been educated, man. I, I came here in 2009, so to to learn about the the true history has has been it's been fun. You've been educated. Educated, man. Go get educated. Watch the rebroadcast. <laughs> <laughs> what non-quarterback position battle are you most interested in as BYU fall camp continues? At Twiggy or Stone says the offensive line. They will be key in this offense. They need to protect the quarterback and make holes for the running back to be successful. How wait, much- wait. How we- Did we not talk about the running backs? Well, what's the battle, though? It's Jamal. It's Jamal, and then I mean, Squally is really good, but right now Jamal's the guy. Battle of the uh, well, I guess because they're not they're not really proven, right? Correct. Is Jamal saying? is the proven commodity in the backfield. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to. Algie moved to fullback. Like it's it, it's okay. Jamal's show. All right, Spencer. I'm going to stop talking. As so. the featured, we, we can move on. We can move on. We can move on. <laughs> One of those guys blocking for Jamal Williams will likely be Parker Daw, a guy who recently received a scholarship. Got emotional about it, understandably. But as he tells us in our one-on-one interview from BYU Football Fall Camp, it wasn't so much about the financial benefit as as much as it was just being recognized as a guy who worked hard. This was a guy that was 200, 200-ish pounds in high school. Man. And now he's going to start on the offensive line for BYU. But will it be at center? Or will it be at some other position? Here is Parker Daw, or a.k.a. Gramps. Parker, you recently received a scholarship not too long ago. I want to rewind a little bit to start this interview. What was that like when you found out from the coaches that you were awarded 
a full scholarship to play BYU football? Man, it was it was life changing. You know, like I came here as a walk on, and uh, you know, in high school I was 205 pounds and skinny and little, and you know, never in a million years did I think that I was going to be able to play Division One football as a lineman. Um, so just lots of work, lots of sacrifice, you know, lots of uh, sacrifice for my wife and my family. And, uh, you know, it was, it honestly, it was life-changing. Um, when they told me, I started to cry, you know, because it's just one of those moments. It's not even about the financial thing as much as it is um, that respect that you get from the coaches and your teammates, and you know that, that they're invested in you, you know. And so it, it was a huge moment for me, big accomplishment. And from there, I've just been trying to, you know, give back, you know, because, you know, now that they trust me and I'm a senior, I've, you know, I've got something to prove. So You've been described as one of the more versatile players on the offensive line. Obviously, you were the guy at center coming out of spring ball, and now you've been moved around a little bit here. Do you care where you play on the offensive line? No, honestly, I don't. I mean... Ever since I was a little kid, I've, I've kind of played everything, and that's kind of what I've always – I've been that guy. I was that guy in high school. I was, I've been that guy since I've been here, you know. Um, I just want the team to win. So, I mean, whether it's Tijon playing center, me playing guard, um, it, it doesn't really matter. So, and, and the nice thing about playing center is I could play left or right side at guard because um, I kind of have a feel for the footwork and – because at center, you're, you're always going both ways, you know. Um, so, yeah, so all throughout camp, I've been, I've started at center. I've started at left guard. I started at right guard. And, you know, they're just, they're trying to find the best combination right now um, for the O-line so that we're ready for Arizona. Where do you feel like you are the strongest in terms of the position on the offensive line? Oh, gosh. You know, it's funny because there's some days I feel really strong at center. And then, you know, then I have a bad day, and I'm like, oh, let me play some guard. And then, you know, I play some guard, and I'm like, oh, I feel pretty good at this. And then I have a bad play, I'm like, hey, coach, you want to you put me on the other side, you know? But, you know, honestly, it's really even. Um, you know, today I played right guard, so maybe that was a little strange. You know, it's a little foreign for my body, but um, I know within, like, two days, you know, it just it's like muscle memory. It comes back, and, and so, yeah, you know, teams can uh, – they're going to have to game plan for that. Is he going to, where, where is he going to be? I'm just kidding. No, game game, game plan against Zach Dahl. They'll, they'll be game planning for, you know, like the other guys, but, you know, I'm just kidding. Okay, so when we look at what Mike Empey has been able to do since taking over as the offensive line coach, what's the best bit of advice he has given to you? Um, for me personally, I think the biggest bit of advice that he's given me is just just – just play football, just be aggressive, be tenacious. You're, you know, we're the hogs, you know. You know, when I'm, I'm LDS, I'm, I'm Mormon, I served a mission. I've got a family, I'm in the young men's presidency. But when I get out here, I can punch people in the mouth, and that's okay. And uh, I can be, you know, rude and, and violent. And, and so that's one of the biggest things that he's, you know, showed us. That it's like, guys, when we're out here, you can throw people on the ground. You can, you can shove people. And so for me... I think that's helped my play a lot um, just because I am trying to be more physical. Um, but, you know, it's all coming with time. It's a new offense, new footwork, and uh, it's coming. It's clicking. So, What do your teammates and coaches refer to you mostly as, by your first name, by your last name, or by a nickname? 
Um, they just call me Daw, you know, P Daw, you know. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that you know my first few years here, everyone called me Zach because that's my brother's name, and 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 Zach. I think I actually called you Zach Daw like almost in this interview, and it's uh, Parker Daw. Dang pro- it! You probably didn't. No, it's okay. And you know, like my brother is a stud. He was a big recruit. He's he was way more athletic than me in high school, so I get it, you know. So you know, but every everyone calls me P Daw or uh, Daw, you know, Gramps, because I'm the old guy. Uh, you know, I've got kids. I you know, my wife and I have a minivan. So I mean, wait, you have a minivan? I do I drive a minivan? What kind of a minivan are you rocking? Toyota Sienna, man. Toyota Sienna. So. You know, my wife and I are gearing up to, to raise a family in that sucker, so, so you know. Loud and proud in the CN. Loud and proud. Loud and proud. I just gained so much respect for you, Parker. You know, my wife loves it, so <laughs> I've got my car, she's got hers, but, you know, it's sweet. What's been the biggest challenge for you going from go fast, go hard mentality to now pro style, drop back, form a pocket for your quarterbacks, Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum? Man, I think the the biggest difference is in that in Coach and I's offense, we were just go, 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 go. I mean, it was like every day, like before you go to bed the night before, you've got anxiety going to bed because you're just like, I'm going to die tomorrow. Like you just you just know you're going to wake up and you're going to grind. And we still grind with the new offense. But, you know, in Coach and I's offense, it was just go, 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 go. Um, with Coach um, Detmer's offense, you know, there's a lot more – thought process involved there's a lot more thinking knowing where the backers are lined up knowing where the d linemen are going and stuff like that and knowing which combinations you're going to have with your your center your guard or your tackle um so figuring that out and then obviously i put on like 25 pounds i'm like three i fluctuate between 305 to 310 and so for me i was playing at 290 last year now i'm playing or 285 to 290 now i'm a lot heavier so you know I got kettlebells attached to these legs, and they're swinging, and uh, you know. But uh, I think that's been the, the biggest difference. So, we're here with Parker Daw, who just uh, recently received a full scholarship. He's now Gramps, the senior guy driving a Toyota Sienna. He's got kids, and he's uh, one of the anchors on the BYU offensive line. We'll finish with this. When I say 18 days away from game number one, what's the first thing that goes through your head? Let's go. I I I want to play. You know, I've been. I've been working for this moment my whole life. I mean, I'm an old guy, but I'm ready to freaking put someone on the ground. I'm ready to hit, you know. I'm just ready to get after it, and and uh, that's all I've been thinking about. Every day it's just closer, just more excited. So Cougar Nation uh, better be ready because it's going to be a good year. Another testament to why the offensive line have the biggest personalities on the football team. Between Ului calling a huddle like uh, a cupcake and a nice, a nice respite from the Go Fast, Go Hard to Tooney Knooch. Now Parker Daw. Thanks for the time, Parker. Hey, thanks. Good to meet you. Parker Daw, one of a kind, my Swag. friends. Swag. Where's number 54 can play three positions on the offensive line. He's going to be a starter. And he wants to... Put people on the ground. I can't wait to put somebody on the ground. Dude, that was hilarious, man. He's like, I, you know, I'm in the church and I got kids, but I get to come out here. I could knock somebody out, man. I can be mean and it's okay. It's like if you get if you get a flag thrown on you, man, Parker. Like my bishop told me it was okay. They told me it's bishop approved. I'm good. Bishop approved personal foul. (laughs) 
There's a proof. They said I could do it. There are a lot of cringing people or cringing religious people right now. Like, no, I, I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't say that. What non-quarterback position battle are you most interested in as BYU fall camp continues? Maybe it's the center position featuring Parker Daw and T. John Karum or the offensive line as a whole. At Jeff C. Colley says, or Callie says, tight end has got to be it. Tight end is a big part of the pro-style offense. Tie runs. Someone needs to step up. There are at least five, maybe six guys who could be the starter on September 3rd. We'll talk to Steve Clark, the tight ends coach, about that tomorrow on BYUSN. Up next, what did NBA superstar Kevin Durant say about Jared Ward's mustache? The Olympic marathoner joins us from Rio. Keep it here. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan live in Radio Vision, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Brian, remind the people of all of the ways they can partake in BYU Sports Nation's coverage of BYU football camp. Yeah, uh, the best way um, and the most coolest way is by (laughs) going to BYU Sports Nation's Facebook page. Um, You'll see all post uh, uh, practice interviews. Um, just to get a recap of, of, the, of the day, uh, you'll have some engagement where you can see live interviews with the actual players. Again, I said this earlier this week, man, Facebook Live is just changing the game uh, as marketers and, and how we do things. And fans have the opportunity to get all up in the faces of these players. So uh, go check it out. Follow BYU TV Sports on Facebook. And on Twitter, follow BYU Sports Nation as well on Twitter. We have you covered. Refreshing one of the biggest BYU Sports Nation headlines today involves a little Brazilian samba. Hit it! Cougars in the Olympics. Yeah, there it is, Brian. There it is. Move the shoulders. Move the hips. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Your Olympic update today from Rio starts with former BYU volleyball great and current Team USA volleyball member Taylor Sander. He and Team USA back in action today at 1 p.m. Eastern time. This is the knockout phase. It is survive and advance. So we wish the best to Taylor Sander as he and Team USA try and advance in Olympic competition. Now, he is not the only Olympian that we need to make note of today. In fact, joining us live from Rio is Jared Ward, Olympic marathon runner and BYU track and field alum on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Jared, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me back. It's good to be here. You got it, man. Hey, what's been the best thing that you've done or seen in Rio up to this point? Ooh. You know, I've been here for a long time, so there's a couple highlights. But uh, but it was fun to uh, walk in the opening ceremony, see that stadium, the fans, um, see that torch coming in uh, at the end, uh, be standing there with uh, Team USA basketball. You know, I got a uh, I got a fist bump from Kevin Durant. He complimented my mustache. <laughs> so. Jared, did you ever think your mustache would open new celebrity doors for you? No, uh uh-uh. No, so far in my life, it's probably closed more doors than it's opened, but uh, but I think think we're seeing the back end of that now. So as you're at the opening ceremonies and Kevin Durant walks over to you, what's going through your mind? Uh, Well, so that, you know, he's he's a popular hit, everyone, even on Team USA, trying to get their picture with him, and so I just put up up my fist 
about as tall as I could reach and said, <laughs> can I get a fist bump? And he said, sure, man. And then complimented my stash, took another picture, and then turned around and said, I really like that stash. <laughs> and uh, that was the interaction. <laughs> oh, uh, Jerry, man, I, I am, uh, you know, trying to open up some some new avenues for my my business and, and my, my professional life. I'm looking at being an agent, um, and I would love to represent your mustache. If, if your mustache is looking for an agent, <laughs> just let me know, man. Uh, sweet. We'll, we'll, we'll go for, like, chocolate milk first. Yep. And uh, <laughs> and then anything else that uh, that causes mustache problems. Dude, dude whatever whatever you need, man, I, I already <laughs> see it. I could, I could have your own personal groomer. Uh, I'll, I'll have somebody that can trim it, somebody that can brush it, somebody that can style it. I mean, I have everything for you, man. Just let me know. Uh, the, you know, when you want to meet the time and the place and, and, and I'll be there. <laughs> you, somewhere out there floating around is a Twitter handle that I was never able to sort out who was, who was managing, but we do have a small start. So I think, I think, uh, I think we should go forward with that. <laughs> Perfect. Olympic Perfect. marathon runner, Jared Ward joining us from Rio as he gets set to compete this weekend. I feel like by the time you run, Jared, you, you may as well have already obtained your dual citizenship uh, in, in Brazil. I think it's like 17 days or something before you actually run. So how have you passed the time? What what has your daily regime been like? So I've been trying to hit some of the events, uh, you know, without having to walk or be in a bus for too long. Um, and that's been fun. You know, I watched a game of handball the other day. It was the first ever seeing handball. And Brazil was playing, and the fans were nuts. You know, the stadium was bouncing as they were doing their soccer chant towards the end. And, uh, so seeing some stuff like that, seeing fencing, um, you know, some of these other sports that you don't get to see elsewhere has been really kind of a taste. So, like, I've been getting a taste of the world. But, you know, other than that, reading books, uh, going for my runs. Our track that we train at is probably about an hour drive from the village. So, uh, been getting used to sitting on a bus, but it hasn't been bad. You know, they've been comfy, and everyone's been taking good care of us. Yeah, I, I can't imagine waiting, you know, 17 days. I, I remember waiting for games that happened at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. I, I would just, you know, be so irritable and just ready to go and hit somebody. Um, how has the, the anticipation affected you so far? Well, I've been trying to just feel like I'm down here training, so – you know, we got down here and had to get into a rhythm of what we were going to do for our training, really, because uh, I was going to be here for so long. It's not, you know, most of these trips you get out to, and it, it's just rest and taper and race, and this one was different because we were so far early. So yeah, I think that was nice. I think it was nice to be able to come down here, and, you know, there's the buzz of the Olympics and the hype and things, but in my mind, I'm just training. And so I still, uh, you know, we're into the taper now, but I still haven't quite flipped that switch to, all right, it's competition time, and I'm going to try to try to keep that, you know, for a couple more days and and stay calm before I really start trying to amp myself up and get ready for this race. Talking with Jared Ward, Olympic marathon runner, he will compete this weekend on Sunday. Jared, I think the assumption is that when you move from elevation, where you do the majority of your training, down to Rio, and you bring in humidity and that lower elevation, that all of your problems just disappear because you can run forever. But what what is it really like for you to go from training in the mountains now down to running in Rio? Uh, you know, yeah, that's a good question. I, I've always felt like the, the altitude benefits 
you know, I get out and run, and I'm, I very much run by feel. And so when I come down and you have a little bit more oxygen, uh, you end up running just a little bit faster, but it feels about the same. And so I, uh, I track the race similarly. I'm gauging how I feel. I'm gauging, you know, where my nutrition's at and, and what I need, if I need hydration, if I need sugar, and that kind of stuff during the marathon. And when you're at sea level, you just magically run a few seconds per mile faster. And, uh, and, and so it's more, it's more reflected in the clock, really, than in terms of how I feel or how I approach a race. Jerry, what, what kind of diet are you on while you are, uh, you know, training, but then as you start to, to taper off and get ready for the competition? Um, you know, that was, been a, that was a fun one to sort out down here, um, <laughs> you know, trying, to, trying to get in a rhythm, you know, where the food's all different. But, but the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee and USATF packed uh, plenty of jars of peanut butter. So nice. I've, I've been able to stay regular in, in terms of uh, getting my peanut butter and jam sandwiches in the afternoon. Uh, but really, things have been good. The cafeteria, you know, has a broad range of food. So I'm pushing my veg in life. I'm trying to eat enough and fuel enough that I can recover and I have the energy to train, but not so much that I'm gaining weight right before the biggest race of my life. Uh, you know, this week, my my carbo loading isn't as significant of a cycle as some people do. I shift a little bit away from carbohydrates right now, you know, for today, yesterday, a little bit tomorrow. Um, and then come the end of the week, I shift a little bit away from fats and proteins and more just towards carbohydrates. And so, my breakfast this morning was an omelet uh, with some spinach and uh, just a little bit of like a, some sort of Polish sausage, and you know, so it's 500 calories or so. And and this evening I'll be eating probably a little bit of carbohydrates, but it'll mostly be another plate of veggies with some sort of lean meat. Um, and then as we shift towards later in the week, it'll be more stuff more like oatmeal in the mornings and a sandwich in the afternoon, and then eating something like pasta or a plate full of rice, things like that in the evening, just to make sure that I got those glycogen stores full to last me the, the 26 miles that I got to go. I'm not going to lie, Jared, that, that sounds intense. That, that sounds super complicated. How do you keep all that straight? <laughs> I think about food a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, enough said on that uh, in that regard. When you look at what you did in the U.S. Olympic uh, trials. You finished third. Uh, a great accomplishment for you, obviously, to get to the Olympics. Now, where do you turn your sights in terms of personal goals and what you want to accomplish within Olympic competition? You know, it's a great question. Um, you know, I I get asked all the time. You know, what are your chances of of getting a medal? And um, you know, I typically say I'm not a favorite, but that's what I'm running for, and that's what everyone's running for. Uh, I finished third in the U.S. So I got uh, two quality teammates that are going to be vying for the same positions on the podium. And, and then we add a whole lot of other qualified runners from all over the world. Um, so I've really looked at this race uh, at trying to put myself in a position where uh, if I'm feeling good late in the race and things fall my way, that I could you know go after a chance for ending on that podium. Uh, but it's not necessarily – you know, my do-or-die goal going in. Um, fortunate that training's gone really well. I'm, uh, I'm certainly in the best shape of my life. Um, you know, better shape than in the trials, better shape than in L.A. a year and a half ago. 
And so that's exciting. And so I'm, I'm really excited to go out there and, and hopefully run faster than I've ever ran before and, uh, and hopefully put myself in a position where, uh, where if an opportunity comes, I can capitalize on it. But at the end of the day, if I go out there and I run as hard as I can and I, you know, I do everything, do everything I can to do uh, pride and justice to the USA jersey, then I'll come home feeling good about it. We are absolutely stoked to watch your race this weekend. All of BYU Sports Nation will have our eyes on you and the stash, Jared. We appreciate the time, man. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. And before we forget, how about some BYU Sports Nation karma for Jared Ward as he competes in the marathon at the Rio Olympics. Yes, yes, are you yes, sending yes. it? Are you sending it I'm to sending him? It, yeah, I'm sending it to him. Yep, hands and yep. <laughs> the hands vibes. In the, hands in the air, yes. Hands yes. united here on the desk in Studio B, and the vibes are that, now yeah, going the, forth the vibes, to Rio. man. Getting it, getting it, getting it through, <laughs> the airwaves, all that good stuff. <laughs> Up next, we dive into Big Deal, No Deal, and Russia's Olympic-size belly flop. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan live from Studio B. Remember, if you miss an episode of this show live, you can watch the rebroadcast weeknights right here on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. And speaking of rebroadcast, Brian. Yeah, um, you guys can watch the rebroadcast of After Further Review that was aired last night. Immediately after BYU Sports Nation today at 1 p.m. Eastern, um, go catch an hour of my greatness uh, right after this show. Stay tuned. You're so humble. Mm-hmm. I was told not to be humble in this situation. So, yeah. They're just like the fans like it. It's ratings and stats and stuff. Yeah. Oh, let's play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big deal, no deal. There is no leader in the clubhouse at the tight end position for BYU. You want to do the honors, yeah, Brian? Sure, yeah. I think, it, I think this is a, a huge deal, um, especially when you look at a pro-style offense and some of the key pieces that you are needing for it to be successful. So, yeah, big deal. Right now I say no deal. Mm. We're still what? 17 days away from game number one. Shame on you. And the key contributors on offense, the superstars on offense, are such that it can make amends for a tight end that's not catching a ton of passes. Well, if you don't have any receivers to throw to. You You've know. got receivers to throw to. We just Do talked we? about that. Do we really? You just said that. At Do the we, beginning of the show. Yeah, but I mean, are, I, like, I like these guys, but I don't know if they're proven at the D1 level, you know. I would, I'm, giving, I'm giving Jonah Dude. the benefit of the doubt just because he, come, he came from a junior college. He's not fresh off of the, the yellow bus. Dude, you know I'm I mean? glad he to see. Just, he didn't just come from prom. I'm glad to see that your backpedaling skills are still in prime effect. Backpedaling skills, <laughs> man. I'll plant that foot, go forward so fast. <laughs> yeah, my face, Spencer. <laughs> Next one. Oh, no, 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 not next. I haven't even, <laughs> next. I'm not done with that. I'm not done with this. I think that Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill, and the wide receivers are dynamic enough playmakers that you don't need someone to come in and be Dennis Pitta at tight end right now. Man, you need a Dennis Pitta. Eventually, yes. Number two. Big deal, no deal. 20 teams have submitted their letters of interest to the Big 12. Side note, the Big 12 is yet to 
swipe right on any of them. Oh, Tinder <laughs> for the win. That's what they should do. They should submit their applications on Tinder. <laughs> right. Bob Bowlesby. Ooh, let's see. BYU? Yeah, I'll swipe right on that. Uh, Temple? Swipe left. Rice? Swipe left. <laughs> Is this a big deal or no deal? 20 teams? Um, man, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't know. Do you think it's a big deal? I say it's a big deal because it's becoming a media fiasco. Like it's just too much. I want the Big Twelve to be like, hey, we're just going to handle things internally and just keep it close to the chest. I think it should be more teams that submit. It's become just this public circus, bro. I mean, if you if the prom queen was like, send me your applications to take me to the dance, uh, and you're like, would would you not? Would you not do that? Would you not submit your application? (laughs) <laughs> for prom queen yeah to take her to the, like what do you have to do if i don't if she doesn't accept me then i'm still in the same position i'm in now with no date <laughs> you don't get if you don't ask i'm just gonna be on the wall anyway, i'm on so. board for that yeah speaking exactly. of uh beauty pageants and the madness that is the big 12 let's go number three big deal no deal cbs sports dennis dodd quotes a source as saying big 12 expansion is quote in the hands of the lawyers close quote Hashtag, what does that mean? Hashtag, I have no idea, Ben Bagley, what that means. It's in the hands of the lawyers? Hashtag, that means things are getting finalized. Does that, okay, so why are teams submitting then? Like, if the decision has already been made and it's with the lawyers, if lawyers are involved, then this thing is basically a done deal. You just need to sign a few documents. You know know what? It's because we, we, we believe in hope. And as the human race, Spencer, we believe in hope. And and when you can see just a small glimpse of that light at the end of the tunnel, then then that's what makes you progress and move on in this life. And even though things may look like it's it's coming to an end, though you know Rice and UNLV those schools they're like you know what it's not final yet it's not announced. So I'm gonna go ahead and try. Maybe I may switch things up a little bit for it. If lawyers are involved, it is absolutely a big deal. But are they really involved? <sighs> Number four, big deal, no deal. Cougar stashes in Rio. Big deal. End big deal. of debate. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Number you. five. <laughs> wow, that was quick. Big deal, no deal. The reigning gold medalist in diving belly flops like Jerem Jordan. Oh, Yo, Jerem. Jerem. Uh, I say this is a big deal because I understand the grind that he went through to get back to the Olympics. I mean, you work so hard. And I know he's got a gold medal, but, like, you work so hard to get back only to have that happen. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. I think it's a big deal, too, man. At first, I was thinking, like, I would have just got up, you know, wiped the swag off a little bit. And was like, I got me a gold medal anyway. How many people even show up to the Olympics? But then that's the, to, to really analyze it all, and like you said, Spencer, even if you have that gold medal – you shouldn't really go out like that. You know what I mean? I could see losing or maybe losing bad, but to get like just double O zero. You got 0.0. Yeah, man, that's a big deal. The judge, mm-hmm. come on, judges. Yeah, you should. You could have gave him a point for showing up. A point, 0.1? He, res- 0.5? he spelled his name right. <laughs> <laughs> give him a point for that. Oh, man. <laughs> right? That's a point, right? I didn't take my SATs. I went to junior college, so. Holy cow. I don't know how that works. Big deal, no deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Which non-quarterback position battle in BYU football fall camp are you most interested in at Laser Sheep? Says Troy Warner and the possibility of him winning the starting spot. 
But at what, which position? Yes. Cornerback? Receiver. Kick returner? Receiver, yeah. Public Both turner. sides of the ball, right? Yeah. Up next, our Cougar Whip Around update from Rio, plus some women's volleyball news. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens has been named to the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award watch list for tenacity on and off the field. Another BYU football camp note, tight end Troy Hines is working through sore hips after day 10 of fall training. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports has reported Rice University and UNLV has joined BYU and 17 other teams. Submitting letters of interest for candidacy in the Big 12, God quotes a source in saying the Big 12 decision is now in the hands of the lawyers. Men's basketball. Pairings for the 2016 MGM Grand Main Event Tournament in Las Vegas have been set with BYU taking on St. Louis on November 21st. That game will tip off at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Cougars in the Olympics. Now it's time for a little Olympic news from Rio. Yes. Cougars in the Olympics. Nice left. Right, left, right. Former Cougar and volleyball star Taylor Sander of Team USA will be playing Poland in the knockout round of the Olympic Volleyball Tournament at 1 p.m. Eastern. Get it done, Taylor! Speaking of volleyball, let's go to the women's side for BYU. The defending WCC champions were picked yesterday to finish second in WCC play behind San Diego with Amy Boswell named as a preseason finisher on the first team. They're not picked to win it. How about that? Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need the most, DexterLaw.com. Brian? Bobby. Bob Bowlesby gets it again. Bobby. What non-QB position battle are you most interested in as BYU Fall Camp continues? Our elite tweet of the day from at Greg Rosenham. The best country singer is Ty Detmer or Johnny Linehan. <laughs> oh, okay, so that position nice. battle. Thanks to all of our guests. For Brian, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Randy Brock. We'll see you tomorrow.